welcome to the Ringmasters Podcast. I am Austin Sumwitz, and joined with me tonight, I have my Tyler Breeze to my Fandango. I have Chad with me. How you doing, man? Uh, it's I'm doing pretty good, but uh, I want to go by uh, Chet Cheddarson from now on. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're plugging Fandango. Of course, so. yes, we got we to gotta plug some... Oh, God. Uh, Southpaw South Regional, Regional Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. How dare I forget what that was called. That's okay. So, yeah. Um, welcome to the Ringmasters Podcast. We are coming off the heels of an incredibly crazy Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Um, but before we get into that, um, I have to apologize for last week's episode because I made a mistake. I was a terrible wrestling fan and I got a fact wrong. God, you mark. I am an absolute <laughs> mark. Um <laughs> I said, uh, during when we were arguing about part-timers, I said there was a reason why Mike Tyson was in the first WrestleMania. He was not in the first WrestleMania. He was in WrestleMania 14 when he punched Shawn Michaels. Ah, that's close enough. Yeah. Mr. T was in the first WrestleMania along with Muhammad Ali. So, it's just... MT, like it kind of, it slipped my mind for a second. I just thought, oh yeah, Mike Tyson, he was in WWE, right? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm a terrible fan and I feel... Horrible. You you should feel horrible. I should feel horrible. And with that just, being said, I'm looking for a new co-host. For, oh, uh, okay. I'll just sit in the corner. <laughs> I'll just sit. He'll just sit in the corner right now, and I'll just watch. I mean, like. Uh. But anyway, yeah. So Hell in a Cell in Detroit, Michigan. What a pay per view. <laughs> I for one thought it was incredible. There, yeah. I think I feel like there were definitely some. There were some matches that were. Um, Definitely like um, iffy. My, my main points being the the Jinder Shinsuke match for the championship for the WWE chi- title and Rusev versus Randy Orton was okay. Um, but other than that, I thought every match was good. Um, yeah, because it was just a really strong match. Um, however, I want to talk about because I know that there were some people that were kind of I, I saw online there were some people that were saying Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler wasn't a very good match. That was a good match. Detroit was just being assholes. <laughs> Yeah, I think there were a couple CM Punk chants. There were CM Punk it. chants. There was a Little Caesars chants. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. Because they were doing some good storytelling in that match. Yeah, the the it was booked. The ending was a little weird. It uh, was. I'm how, not a big yeah. fan of how the ending ended. But yeah, it was it was an okay match. I mean, it was a good way be, to, for them to show that, well, Ziggler's still doing stuff with them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw on SmackDown that they are going to be getting a rematch next week on SmackDown. So... At least we know Dolph's still working for the company, at least for now. At least for now. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, for the pre-show, we had Shelton and, and the hype, Shelton and Gable versus the Hype Bros. I don't know if you saw this, though. The hard cam was really weird for that match. Did uh, you see that? I unfortunately missed the pre-show. Okay. I started with the actual card. It felt like the the hard cam that they had that they normally used wasn't working for that match. So the hard cam was basically a guy in the bo- standing on the standing at ringside on the <laughs> bottom, like filming in between the ropes. And I was just like, that is weird. It really freaked me out because I was just like, oh god, is the hard cam working, or was like there's something wrong with the arena? <laughs> it's gonna be an entire show. It's just like just an entire angle. where we're looking up at the sh- at the match. That'll make the hell in a cell spots oh, look that god. much. Uh, exactly. There are a hundred feet in the air. Oh my god! For the love of mankind, Cameron, you getting this? <laughs> um, but um, one thing, quick before we continue in there, uh, continue into the uh, first match on the card, um, on the main card at least, um, the little the arena lights on the ceiling for the Little Caesars Arena, which I had seen um, when I went to uh, the concert that I went to to go to the Little Caesars Arena, which was Ed Sheeran, and it was amazing. Um, but like they they didn't have those on, so I didn't actually get to see how cool they look. Mm-hmm. The fact that they had those queued up to the entrance lights and everything into the Titantron was freaking awesome, and I just thought that was super cool because I've never seen that in a, in an arena before because yeah. it just looked so cool. 
as a sad as a sad Red Wings fan who never went to the Joe, it does make me quite happy. Like I want to go to this arena. Like it's yeah. a really you've never like, been to the Joe, never been to the Joe, and uh, unfortunately I'll never get the chance. The only the, I could yeah. go to where the Joe used to be. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> only time I ever I only went to the Joe once, and it was for the Monday Night Raw when Shane McMahon was named the Commissioner of SmackDown Live. So when Vince was there, oh, that would have been a good one. Um, that was it was a really good one for sure. Um, and it was also the one where Seth did his little show and. Um, made fun of Roman Reigns when he was still out for his wellness mm-hmm. policy violation. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun, but it, it was uh, it was also upsetting because I wanted to boo the crap out of Roman <laughs> when I was there. I was just like, no, I paid my money to boo. I wanted to boo him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gable, uh, Benjamin, and the hype bros. Like I said, I didn't watch it, but I heard it was really uh, way more competitive than people were gonna think it was gonna be. Definitely for sh- yeah, definitely for sure. Um, Shelton and Gable, I think can be really good champions, even though I was really pulling for Brizongo. So mm-hmm. I think I think they'll do a really good job, though, and it should be a good match for sure. Yeah, I don't know. That's not how I would go about booking Shelton Benjamin, but, you know, I mean. It's a good way to save Gable because Gable was left stranded after Jason Jordan left. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just feel like if you could, like, if, if like, you know, Bel- Benjamin and Gable beat the Usos at, like, say, Survivor Series, and then they go on a nice little lengthy run, even – you know, even if they go to, like, WrestleMania, or I'd even take, like, you know, Royal Rumble, and then they lose the titles and Benjamin turns, I think a one-on-one match between Gable and Benjamin. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that would get Gable it over. It would be a wrestling clinic. It exactly. would be nuts. Ex- especially if after that match, then you can put Gable in the, or you can put Gable in the U.S. picture, and you can have Benjamin do something with, like, the world championship. Oh, I don't think can- I ever want to see Benjamin... See, I don't know. Part of me says I'd never want to see Benjamin win a world title because, like, I feel like there's other guys who deserve the spot. But also, does Benjamin not deserve that spot? I think he absolutely deserves. Even it. He's, he worked way, he worked so hard um, back in back when he was in the WWE in the mid 2000s. I feel like if any, if there was any point for him to get his dues and get a get a world title, it would be now because yeah. he, they brought him back and like. He's still just as good as he was back then. I just sure. I just thought of something. What if, what if you know Gable and Benjamin win the tag titles and then they lose him? They then that, that takes them all the way and then they do the angle at Mania, right? It's Benjamin and it's Gable and Jason Jordan's on the Raw doing absolutely nothing, oh, right? Yeah. So then at WrestleMania, get it, it, it's a tag team match and they both pick their partners and we get American Alpha, the reformed American Alpha mm. versus the world's greatest tag team oh. with a one night return of Charlie Haas. That would be that would be insane. <laughs> um yeah, well I was thinking too like I thought because like remember when Shawn Michaels and John Cena were tag team champions leading into WrestleMania 23. They mm-hmm. could do they could kind of do that sort of thing where they're tag team partners but they're still kind of like button heads a little bit. Or like uh, Matt Hardy and MVP kind of situation when they I don't were like remember that tag uh, team. Well, when MVP well when MVP and Matt Hardy were feuding, uh, MVP was like, "Oh, I don't want to I don't want to beat I don't want to. I don't want to face Matt Hardy because he was better than him. But he said like, "Oh, I've already, I've already, you know, you're working out with my time, but I'll team with you." So then they were enemies, but they were tag team partners. They were frenemies. And then like they had, they actually had like the tag team titles for like a, a good like solid like four or five months, and then they lost the belts. And then MVP raised Matt Hardy's hand like, "Oh, a face turn," and then he just destroyed him I and not, put him on yeah, the shelf. I did not remember that at all. Well, that's a minuscule fact. I'm a big Matt Hardy mark, so that's <laughs> why I'm a fan of it. But. All right, I think we've uh, so yeah. Gable and Benjamin got the win in the pre-show, and then like you said on SmackDown, they won the Fatal Four Way match for the number one contendership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, that match. I think the Usos are on probably the best run they've ever had. I yeah. was I was oh, not yeah. an Uso fan until they pulled that heel turn. If there was any point where they won over their haters, it was at the Hell in a Cell match that was on the fir- that that opened the match that I thought was pretty cool that they had that open the match. Yeah, open the show. 
Um, so first chance come out first, which pissed me off. And I was legitimately surprised to see that Xavier Woods was wrestling. I didn't think they put him in there. And I saw, I saw a thing and I think I, I think it was on, it was either Instagram or Twitter that I saw, but somebody had like a a Kofi Kingston, Hell in a Cell record. And every time he's wrestled Hell in a Cell, he has won. Except for the one year, the first year they were, they were with the New Day, um, they lost, but Kofi wasn't wrestling. So, like, mm-hmm. I was really surprised, kayfabe reasons, why Kofi wouldn't be wrestling this match. But I see why now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's just because Xavier Woods is crazy good. And it's like, he doesn't he doesn't wrestle often, so when he does, it's like you, you're reminded, oh, my God, he's actually ridiculously good. I, I have a New Day t-shirt, but Xavier Woods is the only member that I actually went and bought one of their own shirts. I have his up, up, down, down. Oh uh, yeah, shirt yeah I, I have the Bootios and the uh, the unicorn shirt. I have the classic black T-shirt that says "New Day in the White." Oh yeah, yeah I had, like the classic New Day T-shirt that they, nice. that they like their first T-shirt I went and bought. Yeah, so 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 the New Day ended up bringing out a cowbell and a gong to beat up uh, and a trombone, and, oh, two trombones. They had two trombones, two Francescas. <laughs> it's like Xavier Woods gets around with the girls named Francesca, so. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, dude! Like, what's your Tinder game? It's like ridiculous. <laughs> and then um, there was a, there, it, it, it seemed like there was a botch when exa- when a, I think it was a, yeah, big, uh, Biggie had picked up one of the Usos and was gonna drop him on Xavier, and it like looked it like looked like he landed on his leg, and it yeah. like freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, it looked it looked. I remember that spot. But uh, thankfully they were okay, and then they ended up trapping Jay Uso with with kendo sticks against the cell, which was really creative. Which yeah, is really creative. That entire match was like just so brutally violent. Like literally, like oh, yeah. the part where like Big E like sla- like jumps through the ropes and slams himself into it, the he, cage. His head like, went into the cage. Yeah, I was like, dude. Like, well, first of all, Big E diving scares the crap out of me because like he almost kills himself every time. <laughs> yeah, like it. It is a. Uh, it was brutal. And then the spot where they take Xavier Woods and they like. They handcuff, handcuff him, him yeah, to the cell and then start him. beating him in the gut with kendo sticks yeah. and like the ribs. I was like, Jesus oh, Christ! Oh yeah. Well, like, and I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't see how Big E got out of his handcuffs. That I didn't see that. I, um, I unfortunately that I, I was at work. That's why I missed the pre-show. Yeah. And I was watching the the uh, first match. I was watching the new, the new day uh, Usos match while I was working because I'm a very responsible manager at my job. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I didn't see how Biggie got out of his handcuffs. I'm, that's why. That's the point so I was, was making. Like, I missed uh, it too. But I was like, uh, "How'd you get out of there?" Um, and then, of course, Detroit, um, as they eventually said later in the night for the next Hell in a Cell match, wanted tables very, very badly. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, the people are gonna say, "Oh, because it was Detroit, and they're like, oh, it's so violent." It's like, yeah, good one, good one. <laughs> You're so creative. Well, I don't know. I mean that. That match and it, it, with every new day Uso match that they've had, it was it killed it. I thought and that they, was yeah. going to be match of the night. I thought that was going to be the better Hell in a Cell. Yeah, they ended. I, yeah, they ended with a steel chair splash too, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. yeah, and you know the Usos pick up the win, and the Uso Penitentiary are now five time tag team champions. Five time, which is weird champion. because like when I heard that statistic, I was like they've only they've only held the tag titles. Five times. I feel like I feel like they've been tag team champions way they've more than definitely, five. They've definitely been. Well, I mean, they've been around for sure for a while. Yeah. But I don't think they gave them the titles at least during their earlier runs when mm-hmm. they were babyface. Yeah. I, I know feel like were. when they started turning heel and working with the New Day, that was when they really started to get going. Weren't they tag team one time when they were in Booker T's Fat Five? <laughs> Dude, Booker T's Fat Five changes Shucky way too donkey, much. Quack quack. That mother uh, trucker. I mean, like, oh my god. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, after the tag team title match, uh, it was Rusev versus Randy Orton. Oh no! 
Um, it was it was a bit ridiculous. This is when um, I went and made popcorn. Yeah, Detroit wanted Lana. They wanted yep. Lana very badly, which understandably. And it was just it was weird. This match shouldn't have been as long as it was. It just went on for way too long, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's a thing. Randy Orton and Rusev both wrestle a very slow style, and I oh, I, I, I I appreciate everything Randy you know because Randy's a legend. So I oh, appreciate well, what Randy has done. Him. Yeah, and Rusev is great. I'm a big Rusev fan. Um, but I I think their styles both just clash on the sense that they're both I, just such a slow, methogenous style that. Well, that and I think they were also trying to make up for the fact that their SummerSlam match was literally 15 seconds. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, so they were obviously trying to make up for that. Honestly, the the one thing I noticed from this match wasn't even during the match. It was after the match when we found out that Colonel Sanders will be a character in WWE 2K18. Oh, but see, when that's the when that's the biggest when that's the when that's the payoff. There's something of your, wrong your with your feud. match. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like the fact. Well, like yeah, I, I've, again, it was okay. Like really, it wasn't and it wasn't anything terrible. It was just a sl- it was just a slow, methodical match, which you expect from Randy Orton and Rusev. But I just. I just feel bad for Rusev because I feel like he deserved yeah. way more. I don't like that Rusev didn't go over. Yeah. You could have easily have had Aiden English run in, distract Randy, and then Rusev could have hit him with a something. I felt like that was what was going to happen. Yeah, me the too. Fact he, the fact that Orton won clean I thought was just kind of like, okay, See, why do you need this? Randy Orton is in the same mindset as like when John Cena wrestles. I go in expecting them to win, so that was, and then when they don't, I'm genuinely shocked. Mm-hmm. Like during the WrestleMania match with Bray and Randy, I was sitting there going, please let Bray go over. Bray needs this way more than you do. Please let him go over. And then their rest, their match sucked, and Randy went over. So it's like, it's like, well done. Do we you need? Just, yeah. Do you need to push Randy any more than he already is? Yeah, like, exactly. He already has the RKO. He's over just with that move. Yeah, his his finishing move became a meme. Like, uh huh. But after that, we had the United States Championship match between AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, and Ty Dillinger. You were right. I, I did. Honest, I honestly didn't think they'd put him in that late. But I did I'm predict gl- it. I'm glad he did, though. I'm glad he did because Ty did a really good job. That was the best Ty Dillinger match they've had since he's been on the main roster. For sure. Which I mean isn't saying much because he's only had like maybe six. But yeah, <laughs> I mean it wasn't it wasn't definitely the best buildup to a United States Championship match that they could have had, but mm-hmm. it was still a great match. Um, one thing I wanted to comment on was during the match, I saw on the hard cam there was a sign that said "We want TV 14." And I immediately shouted, no, we don't. Shut up and stop being nostalgic for a time that wasn't as good as you think it was. Yeah, the Attitude Era. That's my might be a hot take, but I, I'm with you. I mean, it was the Attitude Era was pushing the boundaries in what they could show on television. They did crazy stuff, and there was moments that we will never forget. But at the same time, it gave us mud matches with <laughs> our women wrestlers. And also, choppy choppy your pee-pee. Yeah. So it's, if, the, if the Attitude Era ever came back... The WWE would get canceled within a month. Absolutely, like, like TVP. Everything about TVPG wrestling is better, and it's not as good as you think it is. TV14 is not as good as you think it is. And if you went back and actually watched some of the Attitude Era stuff that wasn't Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock or Vince McMahon, you would be like, "Wow, a lot of this stuff is really stupid." We should. That'd be a good episode. That'd be a good episode. Bringing in somebody who's an Attitude Era fan and oh, having us debate back and forth. I feel like that would be a really good shot. I mean, like yeah. obviously, it'd be like it would be like a. If it was if it was you and me working together, it'd be like we were just interrogating him. Like, no, you're wrong. You're an idiot. You're wrong. You <laughs> stupid idiot. But uh, but yeah. yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin, Corbin the, is the new United States Championship. He finally got a title, and um, so much for him being buried. Yeah. So much for him being buried, and where's your briefcase and all this kind of stuff? They're finally kind of rolling with him a little bit more. And honestly, like, I was I wasn't a fan of the fact that he ended up. 
beating AJ Styles on SmackDown the next night kind of clean. Especially it looked, it looked because, clean to me. Yeah, and especially because I thought the entire reason, like the whole reason I predicted Ty was going to go in the match was so AJ didn't have to eat a fall. And that's why I was like, they'll put, they're going to put Dillinger in it simply so Baron can pin Ty Dillinger. And, the, and that's what they did, yeah. Yeah, but then on SmackDown, exactly, they like, ended up having him pin him exactly. anyway. So if you're just going to beat him on Smack, if you're just going to beat him on SmackDown, you should at least beat him at a pay per view. That would do more for both of them because yeah, AJ was or at least beat him by cheating. So like, right. don't win clean. Like yeah. that's the thing. That's what I thought was going to happen on that. But I mean, I'm okay with Baron being champion because like, <laughs> I, even though I've said I'm not a Baron Corbin guy, like I'm willing to see what he does with it and yeah. the stuff that he's like making fun, like just going at all the internet fans that are so pissed off that he's champion. I think that's good for him because it's it's definitely like. He seems like the kind of guy who would just be like, oh, you're angry? Cool. I love that. Yeah. It's just like he's just feeding off your anger and stuff like that. If it allows AJ to then take the belt off gender, I'm happy. Oh, 100%. that's That's what I want. I yeah. want AJ Spoil- to get out of the U.S. title alert. scene. Spoiler oh, yeah. Alert. Spo- yeah Mahal, spoiler alert. Still WWE champion for no reason. Um, yeah. But um, anyway, before that, we had Natalia versus Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Which was a good match, which ended by DQ, which I was not a fan of. I liked. I was feeling that match until until the end. Then I was like, "Well, that was stupid." It was. A, it was definitely trying to build story about Charlotte's. Like they, she was working the leg on, of Charlotte crazy. Um, so obviously, it felt like if Charlotte were to win like that, but I I assumed that what would happen was she'd go for the figure eight, couldn't hit it, and then Natalia would quickly turn on turn her over with the sharpshooter and then win the match that way. But instead, it was just a DQ. When Natalia hit her leg with a steel chair, I thought I thought it was going to be them putting some mission holds, like you said, the entire time with the legs. Charlotte getting the tap the tap out win. Carmella hitting her in the leg with a briefcase. Oh, you thought she was going to cash in? I thought I was expecting a cash in. I, I didn't. I think thought they'd do it was it so set up so perfectly for a cash in. I didn't think they'd do it tonight. I figured they would probably do it um, next pay per view. Um, but uh, one thing I liked was uh, Natalia when she was got when she had Charlotte in a rest hold shouted at Detroit. You like Charlotte? No response from Detroit. It's like, oh, cool Detroit. You're such a cool crowd. I really like when wrestlers like shout those things at crowds to like no response. To just no response. It makes me feel so bad for them. Oh, it does. Too. Like, like, are you are you, are you having fun now? Crickets. Well, yeah. I guess not. I guess well, not. Ha. I was right. Ha ha. I, I fooled yeah, you. Yeah, and then if you're a, like if you're a heel, like you're the bad guy, like we. Well, good. Now, I'm glad you're not having fun. It's like, like, okay, just shut your mouth and just, yeah. just go back to the like. Rest Baron life. does that all the time. Like. Oh, Baron. Oh, boo. Yeah. Oh, boo. Or like, where's your briefcase? Oh, you're so funny. Oh, Oh, real quick, that spot with the triple threat for Dillinger, AJ, and Baron. When that spot where uh, Dillinger like almost like fell and got the pinfall, I thought that was going to be. That was, yeah, I I totally forgot about that. That was legitimately one of the best spots I'd ever seen. I thought that was going to be the finish. That was a crazy good, like I was like. Oh my God! He fell into the pin. That was genius. Yeah. Like I don't know who came up with that spot, but that was an amazing yeah. spot. Like because I had never seen that before, and it yeah. was just a good way to make you think. Ty has it. Ty has mm-hmm. it. Ty. He's gonna fall into the United States Championship. Yeah. It reminded me. It reminded me of the Wrestle Kingdom spot where Okada goes to Rainmaker Kenny Omega, and he like passes out and avoids the Rainmaker because he passed out. I don't know. Oh. Reminded me of that spot. So, nice. But yeah, I thought Ty Dillinger was going to get the win there, and I thought Charlotte was going to get the win. I was not I mean, doing did, really hot. DQ, yeah. yeah, well, she did, but yeah, I wasn't doing too hot on my predictions. For, I, I, was doing okay, I was doing okay, uh, but then we had the Fashion Files, which was hysterical. No special appearance by the Entourage. Tooth Fairy 3 with Cesaro. 
two people who were allergic to sleeves. That's so Raven with Raven. Sad Ascension coming in there and being all sad. Yeah, when the Ascension came out, we're like, we just want to, <laughs> we, we just want to be your friends. Yeah. The Ascension's so dumb, like, it's like they're oh ugly. My God. It's like what the hell? It's like why are you so mean to us? And yeah. then when they announced we, they had Pulp Fashion on Tuesday, um, which they didn't actually do, I think. That's that's a very typical thing to do with the Fashion Police. Yeah, it's book like them, book them, them to appear on SmackDown and then not have them appear on SmackDown. I mean, they appeared on SmackDown. They just didn't do a Fashion Files episode. Yeah, but that I thought that was funny as hell. I mean, those guys do so much funny and, stuff. And uh, they had they had a thing that said two B, which I think I've put the puzzle together on that, as opposed to what happened on SmackDown. Yeah, with the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh yeah, that was yeah. I, excuse me. Um, yeah, I just burped at the sound of that. Um, <laughs> that means that means you're a fan. Oh, if anything I, makes you burp on command, you're a fan of it. <laughs> it was they were like holding sledgehammers. I'm like, who? Where did they? Did they break into Triple H's house? It looked like something. It looked like characters from Southpaw Regional Wrestling. It like, really. I, feel I looked like at that's the Bludgeon Brothers and I was like, this looks like a gimmick in like the 70s. Like, yeah, it's like, ugh, I don't know why they came up with that. I mean, like, I I, I love it. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it because I love Rowan and Harper. I think they're a great tag team, and like definitely, like in terms of tag teams, we need more tag teams, yeah. especially on SmackDown. I was, I was just gonna say, I think it definitely so, gives SmackDown that tag team. I say give them a chance because I think they could do some really good stuff. Um, and then there was the WWE Championship between Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Singh brothers get ejected. Um, Jinder Mahal hits him once with his finisher and wins. Clean. Clean yeah. as a freaking whistle. Yeah. Um complete and other BS. I didn't I I literally was watching that match and I, I didn't know like when it when when it ended, I was like I, I didn't know what to say. I was like I just oh, I, knew exactly. I just shook my head. I knew exactly what to say. You have failed with the Shinsuke Nakamura project. You have absolutely failed. So like this is why we have to be skeptical when our favorite independent wrestlers or our favorite guys from New Japan or from Ring of Honor come to WWE because a lot of times you can get an AJ Styles but you can also get a Shinsuke Nakamura who is the greatest Jap- one of the greatest Japanese wrestling and wrestlers in New Japan comes over king of strong style absolutely jacked and it terrifies me for when Asuka shows up on Raw oh yeah like- I mean like if if they do the exa- yeah it's like you cannot ruin Asuka when your developmental team has shown you time and time again how to book Asuka. Well, that's the same thing with Shinsuke. Like, this match should have literally have ended with Shinsuke just kicking Jinder's head off and getting and getting the pinfall. Like, there's no reason for Jinder to have to beat him clean. I would have been I would have been okay if there would have been shenanigans, but clean. And you know, he did distract long that like the distraction of them ejecting the the Singh brothers did give Jinder, like, that second delay or whatever it was. But, like... Even still, it was still, like... It no. was just utter bullcrap, especially when he hit him with the Kinshasa and he grabbed the ropes and saved himself. So, like, the Kinshasa is not as protected as Jinder Mahal's finisher. I literally just got a phone call as you were talking. And I was, like, I was about to answer it, and they'd be like, hello? And then I'd hear, yeah, Jinder does suck. <laughs> I was just expecting the utter... The name of Jinder Mahal to just bring up someone on my phone calling me, like, hey, guess what? Jinder sucks. But yeah, total BS. Um, we'll go- quickly move on to Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler. Because well, well, I'm well sick of real that quick. Match. Well, where where does Shinsuke and Jinder both go from here now? How would you how would you book their respected paths? I feel like at this point, the only person to beat Jinder Mahal for the title would be AJ Styles or Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode could do that. I feel like it would be a lot more comfortable if AJ did. What about Shinsuke? Sh- they've they've blown it for Shinsuke. He's lost twice in a row now to Jinder. Once 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 from shenanigans. 
once clean. Like the fact that he's lost clean is the is just the thing that dropped it for me. It's like if he if he had used shenanigans again to win, I would have been upset, but a little bit more understanding because he cheated. So at least it's not a clean win. This was clean as a whistle. You have ruined Shinsuke Nakamura completely. The King of Strong Style was better booked in NXT when he was facing Bobby Roode and when he was facing all these guys in NXT. You have completely ruined him with this artist form, this artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura gimmick, and just completely taken away the, the mystique of him. And he doesn't do enough strong style wrestling. You're too, you have him too booked in the WWE style of wrestling. He does his little, he does like his famous moves that you know he's gonna do, like an, ex, like an, ex, like he'll do like an exploder suplex or something. He'll set up Jinder in the corner and hit him with his knee, and then he'll do the little, put his head on you and like wave yeah. his arms back and forth. It's like. You've given him already moves that people already know he's gonna do, but not win the match with. It's like that's not what Jinder's that's not what Shinsuke Nakamura should be doing. He should just be kicking you and kneeing you constantly until you cannot walk anymore. And Shinsuke's best match was still against Sami Zayn at his first takeover debut. Oh, and, that's one of my and favorite that's a, matches. That's and that's a problem. That's a problem that your first ma- your first match that you had is still your best one that you've had in the company. And the fact that you went downhill from there. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of plateaued on NXT once he won the championship and stuff like that. But when he was brought on to SmackDown, he just it was downhill from there because it yeah. was just like first of all they ruined the they, they immediately started doing the violinist thing immediately every like, single week. every single week it's like no you save that so that way like it's 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 important when he shows up and he has his violinist playing for him and it's just like having him go against Jinder Mahal and having that be his first legitimate loss and then having him lose clean again twice like two matches in a row on pay per view against Jinder Mahal and he loses yeah it's like you've ruined it. There's no way anybody's going to care about him now because he's lost twice. If he was to go for it again uh, for the next pay-per-view, people would be like, oh, yeah, Jinder's, I mean, Shinsuke's so going to win right now. The casual fan has no reason to care for I him. I mean, if he did fight him in Survivor Series, I'd, I would go in being like, maybe they were just waiting till a big pay-per-view. But They should have done it at SummerSlam then. <laughs> yeah, they should have no, done yeah. it at SummerSlam. Good point, good point. If it, it, was, it was perfect opportunity for Shinsuke Nakamura to become champion at SummerSlam. Because when you look at it, the two big titles on, on, on Raw and SmackDown, the Universal title and the WWE Championship, at a big four pay-per-view, did not change hands. That's where you change titles. That's a perfect place for you to change titles. And I was expecting, well, if, if the WWE title isn't going to change hands, I guess the Universal title. And then neither of them did. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense for both titles to not switch. It just, it was stupid. It was absolutely stupid. And in my personal opinion, there's no coming back for this for Shinsuke. In my I, personal opinion, unless see, they do a really good storyline with guys like AJ Styles and stuff like that, I don't think there's any reason for the for the casual fan to care about him. I think if I were the WWE, and now I have I use logic and reasoning, so I could never work for WWE. Of course. However, if I did, I would have Shinsuke work with one of two people to help get him a back over. Um, one, I don't really like because it would mean he'd have to lose, and I don't want him to lose. One would be Rusev, because I don't want Rusev to lose. Mm-hmm. The other one would be Randy Orton. Have Randy Orton go heel, attack Shinsuke, set up a, a, a feud. I know we had Randy Orton versus Shinsuke already, and Randy RKO'd him afterwards. Mm-hmm. There's that history. And Randy Orton, you know, he's a star. He's a legend. If you tell him, listen, you got to put over Shinsuke Nakamura. We let you destroy Rusev. Now you need to put over Shinsuke. Randy Orton is at that point in his career where he should be putting people over. 100%. And he said on the Edge and Christian podcast he doesn't want to be a babyface anymore. So you're turning him heel against Shinsuke Nakamura. That's a good feud. And then you can have Shinsuke Nakamura beat Randy Orton 
And you can take that until you can have that a Survivor Series, and you could take that going forward for a next, for like in the next three months, and then boom, at that point, Shinsuke Nakamura is credible again, and at that point. The indie, the tour in India in December is over with, so we no longer need to have Jinder Mahal be our champion going into that. Mm-hmm. So now we can have him go back for redemption and take out Jinder Mahal. Yeah, oh. I, I agree with that. I think that w- I think the way that you booked that, I think that would be a good idea. Um, yeah. Definitely, I don't think people would be on board for it when it first starts out, but I feel like turning Randy heel, having him do some good heel work and like attacking Jin- Shinsuke backstage and stuff like that, legitimately getting heat. And you know what would be also like legitimately cool. Is if he stopped doing the RKO during and the started run. doing the punt. punt. Yes, exactly. And we had the Kinsasha a, versus the punt. Take away the the RKO, have him no longer do that. Fans will hate him. That's yeah. like a perfect. That, that's, that's a great it's a, idea. It's a perfect idea. You have something that fans like. You take it away, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're there like, oh boo. Yeah. Like just full band Corbin, oh boo. Like when the it's Dudleys like, stopped doing their ta- their table spots. Yeah, when they were like, Devon, ah, forget it. Yeah. yeah. And or like when 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 the New Day was healing, um. Uh, Xavier Woods stopped using Francesca for a little while. Yeah. Like, it was it was just a perfect idea. But... And then when he does use the RKO again, you'll get a big pop. Oh, yeah. When he when he eventually ends up using the RKO, yeah, you'll get a huge pop. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. Screw Jinder Mahal. Yeah. That's just, that's just his blood point. That's just the blunt point of that. But, yeah. So, Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler was the next match, and Dolph comes out with no entrance, which I thought was actually really cool. I yep. thought it was cool that they... Started off with the, his entrance theme and then just cut it off and then he just walks out there. I thought that was really good. Um, this crowd, Detroit was dead for this match. I was dead really, for this match. <laughs> well, it this it this is Bobby Roode's first pay per view match and the and I was into it. I thought these guys did a really good job in in terms of telling a storytelling match. They did a real. It wasn't anything incredible, mm-hmm. granted. I mean, and of course we just came after. The Jinder Mahal winning again, so the fans were already kind of peeved off, so it yeah. made sense why they were kind of just like, oh, God. But it's Bobby Roode. I mean, like, if you're if you're building up a guy and you're going to be like, oh, this guy's so cool, or I love Bobby Roode, or the Glorious Bomb, and all these crazy things, like, you're pushing for Bobby Roode, and then you chant CM Punk during his first pay-per-view match, you're an asshole. I am, the, I am that guy who's a firm believer that the CM Punk chant, that and the, and the, and the, uh, bo- the beach balls, are mm-hmm. so disrespectful. I think the beach balls These... is way more de- way more disrespectful, but I feel like people chant CM Punk at the slightest inconvenience. Yeah, these wrestlers are literally doing dangerous spots that could end their lives. People have died wrestling mm-hmm. and you're going to ch- and you have the audacity to to hit beach balls around while they're basically almost killing themselves for oh, you. I was scream- or chanting CM Punk oh, during I their was, match. I was screaming at fans at SummerSlam because there was a CM Punk chant that tried to get started at SummerSlam. Yeah. I, I yelled at them to STFU. Yeah. Um, and then the beach balls pissed me off to no end, which is why I was like, so happy when Cesaro came out and destroyed it. But it's granted, like- they they when they start when they start when WWE starts filming the beach balls, or when Chris Jericho comes out and says Beach Ball Mania is running wild. Do not encourage that. Yeah, no, they should say, hey, F off with these beach balls. Yeah, exactly. And with CM Punk chants, I think a CM Punk chant is perfect when, like, Stephanie McMahon is out there cutting a promo. Exactly. Or when Triple H is out there. People that, they, they, they heal authority figure, that is the reason why CM Punk shoot left the company in all reality. That is when you bring out a CM Punk chant. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, and they know and they know that's going to happen, too, because, like, Stephanie was like, so right. if you guys keep that up for a few minutes, you'll last longer than Punk did at UFC. Yeah. It's like, first of all, that was a really, that was a good burn. That um, was a great burn. Coming, coming, th- from, coming from a hardcore CM Punk fan, CM Punk's my idol. I love CM Punk. Um, knock it off. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Knock it off. Time to, and it, it's, it's been enough time to where, like, 
CM Punk he, is like an, and this might upset you because you're the hardcore fan, but he's an afterthought now. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like, in terms of pro wrestling, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's been four, I think it's been four years. Yeah. Since he left the company. I mean, like. It's like the what chance. It's like I the mean, what like, chance. Yeah, I hate well, the I what mean, chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, freaking the, uh, the fact that people are, like, still, like, if there are people that are still, like, holding on to this hope that CM Punk will come back, it's not going to happen. No. Look, it's it's much more likely that he'll work in that he'd work at Ring of Honor or New Japan. But even then, that's like he hates pro wrestling. Just be respectful of the fact that he wants to do his own stuff, whether it be a UFC and whether it be whether it be writing comic books, whether it be doing stuff with Nerdist and stuff like that. Respect that, love him for what he does, or just don't support him. It's that simple. And, and if you're gonna be that guy who wants to start a CM Punk chant when a match is kind of slow, you're an asshole. Yeah. That, just straight then. And I don't and I don't feel bad saying that because I'm a CM Punk fan who understands that these guys are working their butts off. They're trying their hardest to entertain you, and you're just throwing it back in their face. Yeah. This is Bobby Roode's first pay-per-view match, and you're deciding, I'm going to chant Little Caesars. Not only is it Bobby Roode's first pay-per-view match, but it's one of Dolph Ziggler's last. Yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong, I'm not the biggest Dolph Ziggler fan, but I respect what Dolph Ziggler's done enough to not be disrespectful during his potentially last pay-per-view remember match when, they remember, have. remember when Ziggler cashed in Money in the Bank the Raw after WrestleMania on Del Rio? The crowd went nuts. Yeah. The crowd went crazy when that happened, and now they're chanting CM Punk and Little Caesars at him. It's like, you're so cool, Detroit. Thank you. <laughs> I even, sm- if I was at that show, I would have smacked all of you. It's not even like Detroit. It's just wrestling fans in general that just think that that's like still a cool thing to do. Like, Don't get me wrong. I would have been that guy the month or two after CM Punk left that started CM Punk chants. Well, I mean, it makes it's like it's But it's it makes just, sense. Yeah, They're relevant. Just, it yeah, just happens. It's just like the Ric Flair chants, like the, the, the Where's Ric Flair chants during that episode of WCW when he left the company and went to, w, went to WWE. Yeah. Um, it's like people wanted Ric Flair because it had just happened. Yeah. And like, of course they're going to do it in Chicago. It's his hometown. He's a god in Chicago. Yeah. So I'm a little bit more understanding if they do it in Chicago, but at least do it when it makes sense. Like, don't do it during a match between guys that you that you say you like. You yeah. say you like guys like Dolph Ziggler. You say you like guys like Bobby Roode, and then you still do this. It'd, it's be, like, it'd be like if Vince McMahon showed up on TV and they started going a you screwed Brett chant. Like, enough, like, you know what I mean? That's like the exact same no, it's thing. Not, it's, like, it's not even that. It's just like, it's like you're sending mixed signals. It's like you want Bobby Roode to be this top guy guy but then you chant CM Punk during his match what do you think creative what do you think Vince is gonna think it's like oh this guy's obviously not doing much good and then they'll like not push him hard enough because you're chanting CM Punk on his first pay-per-view match this is just like um Aleister Black during NXT TakeOver I think it was Dallas I Mm want to say it was his first match and then there were these a-hole fans chanting their section number during the match and then like to the point where the other fans had to chant at him to shut up yeah um and they missed his finisher. They yeah. missed his finisher because those guys decided to be jerks. This is exactly like it. You can't say, you can't like be trash talking wrestling, but at the same time go on the internet forms and be like, why isn't pro wrestling as good as I it was before? Blah, 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 blah. It's like <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too. Otherwise, you're getting your foot up your ass. Yeah, and I don't know, but yeah, that that I mean. <laughs> that was basically all I wanted to touch on that match. Yeah. It was a decent match. Uh, Bobby Roode won by grabbing the tights and cheating to win, uh, which baffled me. It, yeah, it um, was like weird, which they ended up pointing out on SmackDown. It was like, you you had to cheat to beat me. So obviously it's like, he's like, look, I'll beat you again. It's like, yeah. But at the same time, the, the argument can made, well, Dolph grabbed the tights first. It was just, he was just trying to, he was just basically, mm-hmm. okay, that's the, oh, that's the game you want to play? Fine, yeah. I'll do the same thing. I'm just about done with babyface Bobby Roode. I'm ready for him to wrap up yep, his feud exactly. with Dolph and just, then go heel. Just get him to turn heel and have him go crazy on everybody. Yep. But finally, 
uh, on Hell in a Cell, we had Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, Hell in a Cell, Falls Count Anywhere match, Shane's family in the front row, back in Detroit where he returned. Oh my God, this match. Like, I loved it. It was crazy. I, it was like, take a, take a good look at your daddy. Well, look at daddy, I thought kids. It, I that thought was, it was incredible. I thought it was long-term storytelling finally paying off, and it was something that WWE doesn't do enough and that successfully book long-term angles. Everything in that match was great. Everything. Everything. Yeah. When, it, when it started with with Kevin Owens being like, I'm not going in that cell, and Shane Van being like, you don't need to go in the cell. I'll come to you. And then Cannon, brawling yeah. outside. Kevin going for a cannonball through through a table and missing, and then Shane hitting him with the broken half of the table. That was awesome. The coast to coast, as we always did. Then um, uh, there was a – I think uh, when Shane when Shane got thrown into the, into the cell door by his balls, mm-hmm. the crowd chanted, no more kids. <laughs> That that I thought was funny. Um, Kevin ends up climbing the cell, looking to jump onto Shane McMahon, and he can't do it. He can't well, do it. Even He's, before that, they fought on top of the cell. Oh well, and, no, that, no. Kevin Kevin went up to climb up to the cell, was gonna jump on Shane, but he couldn't oh, yeah, do it. Yeah. And then Shane climbs up after. Yeah. And also there was a late. They had to censor this because there was a lady who was in the front row who shouted, "That's some crazy!" Sh-! And then just like <laughs> had to censor that, and like that was ridiculous. Um, so Shane ends up climbing after Kevin. They do the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens punch each other in the face. It's crazy, which is a great foreshadowing. Yeah, and yeah, oh, crazy good foreshadowing. Um, Kevin hit him with a pop up power bomb. The cage bounced. Literally every single time one of them would take a bump on the cell, I was like, they're gonna die. Literally, this is it. This is this is it's what gets him. Like, oh god, I'm like flashback into 1998. It's like my, it was great. Like, I literally like, it puts it puts dread in you because you're like these guys are gonna die. As a wrestling fan, I can't remember a time when I was genuinely terrified while watching a match. Oh yeah. Every single time the cell top would buckle. That's like 12 feet in the air. Oh yeah. You fall through that. You're falling. You are falling mm-hmm. on canvas. Yeah, there's no. There's nothing fake about you that. You can't. You nothing can't. Fake you about can't. That. Oh, tuck in your tuck the neck in tuck and, your neck. and hold the shoulders and could you know nope. that is and I then, literally was terrified yeah. every time. So Kevin I mean Kevin Owens starts to climb down the cell. Shane goes after him, heads butts him into the cell, Kevin falls through the announce table. Shane can pin him right here, but he doesn't. He sets him up on the other announce table, climbs back up. Crosses his crosses his heart, hope to dies. And jumps <laughs> off the cell like a maniac. But before he jumped off the cell, it was funny. They showed his kids, and two of his kids were like, "No, no, no!" And then the one kid, at the very end, just gave like a thumbs up to jump. <laughs> and I was like, I "That's that. awesome." I that didn't would see that. That kid would be me if my dad was a wrestler. Do like, it, daddy. My Kill siblings, yourself. My siblings would be like, "Don't jump, don't jump," and I'd be like, "No, dad, jump! Destroy Kevin Owens!" And yeah, so he, Shane climbs back up, jumps off the cell. Uh, I thought Kevin moved. I turns thought Kevin out, moved too. Turns first. out that was not the case. My boy Sami Zayn saved him. And and even then, like, and that's what even made the match even more incredible. Because like, like I've Kevin ne- moves. I, yeah. and I, I have not been that shocked. In in my opinion, I've not been that shocked since the Shield broke up. In my opinion, like that shocked me. See, see maybe if, at least for a WWE show, yeah. there have been some stuff. Ring of Honor has done some things that have really seemed with New Japan, but that is the best long-term shock swerve storytelling that WWE has done in years. Like Sami Zayn saved his former arch enemy Kevin Owens. I was dumbfounded. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. First off, I was like, oh my god, 
Those rumors about Sammy getting a push, they were true. They were true. It just took a while. But, like, oh, my God. I, I was in awe because Sami Zayn, by far, is one of my favorite wrestlers on the roster. He's just a hard worker. Um, as a babyface, he's just genuinely likable. His NXT run was incredible, and it pissed me off so much how they were misusing him on Raw and SmackDown. Even more so on SmackDown because of, like, what Sami Zayn ended up explaining at Smack on SmackDown the next on the next night was you 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 pushed this as the land of opportunity and all it led to Sami Zayn was mediocrity. Like it's it makes all the sense in the world, which is why it like I love it so much. Like and this is like a huge. I'm so behind this angle right now. And he and he pulled off his heel turn on SmackDown effortlessly. Oh. 100%. Like, just coming out there still happy as can be. The fans are just, like, confused, don't, angry. They're like, we want to cheer you, but yet we oh, want to... I was still cheering him like a mother trucker. Oh, well, I'm that, I was like, yes, Well, Sammy I'm that Zane. smart mark that always chants the heels. So no, I don't do... I do that for the guys I legitimately like. Like, yeah. Rusev, I'm still 100% behind. Sami Zayn's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. I want to meet him so bad. He's such an awesome guy. Like, I just love... His his work. He's such a good seller. He's just oh, and even just... and even outside of the ring, he's got that he's got that uh, Syrian yeah, Sammy charity. for Syria. Like yeah. that's that's crazy awesome. It's like oh my god. And it's like I like I said, I think it's the biggest shock since the Shield broke up, in my opinion, in WWE. Yeah, like, you could say there's probably some better shocks in Ring of Honor and New Japan. But I don't. No, see that I much. was ge- I was genuinely no. It, it, I like to say I'm I'm uh, I'm that classic internet mark that calls things happening before they happen. I did not see that happening. No, yeah, that's something. I like, was genuinely. No, I don't shocked. think anybody saw that happening because it's, well, because of how how little Sammy's been on TV. Like, yeah, there's been some little story hints. There were some hints with Sammy like coming to Ke- Shane, being like, "Listen, you don't know what Kevin Owens will do to you. Like, yeah. he's, this, I, this is a different Kevin Owens." And it's like there, someone had even said like back in back in September, Sammy Zayn said at Hell in a Cell. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it my way and I'm gonna do it the right way about like him being wrestling at San, wrestling at Hell in a Cell, yeah. which was great foreshadowing because it was so long ago like I'd completely forgotten he said that. Um, but like it's just it makes all the sense in the world. Sami Zayn has been 100% misused by Raw and SmackDown, so it makes sense why you'd be pissed off well, at Shane and, McMahon. And especially if if this has been the plan for Sami Zayn for like months, like since he's came to SmackDown, we're just not gonna use you. Until this angle, that is brilliant. Yeah, we're gonna put you in a in a stupid feud with Mike Kanellis, and you're gonna lose, and then we're gonna have you lose two weeks in a row to Aiden freaking English. Yeah, like I was so mad, like and it, and it like just to see him finally come out and be like, "You've misused me. You're treating me like garbage." Well, I mean, remember when on Raw, like they said, "I'm trading you to SmackDown for Eva, Eva Marie." Yeah, like that pissed me off to no end. Because I'm like, you cannot do that to him. Like yeah. that is absolutely unfair. And that's why. And that's and like I said, that's brilliant, brilliant storytelling. And for, it's like from I, a company that usually ignores storytelling. And it's crazy now because like as as we go, as we eventually go into Raw, um, Roman Reigns now is all of a sudden the biggest babyface now that he's back with the reunited Shield. And now Sami Zayn's your biggest heel. The world's weird, isn't it? <laughs> the, weird, the world's the... really weird, isn't it? So do now do we book uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the tag titles? Absolutely not. I feel like this got this has to be like a Chris Jericho thing. Like you think so? He supports him, and then Sami Zayn finally gets his first title on the main roster. The fact that it's taken him this long to get a title on the main roster pisses me off. The it's no just end. it's just we're at the point now that like every single champion on SmackDown is a heel. 
And so now, like, if AJ Styles or even Ty Dillinger, if they would have the spot where Ty Dillinger unconsciously falls and gets the pin and is the new U.S. champion, I could totally see them taking it off and putting it on Sami Zayn. Yeah. But right now, you know, you have Jinder Mahal Baron Cor- or B- and Baron Corbin, and now the Usos. Like, I- unless you're going to turn any of those three face, which I think is a terrible idea, oh, yeah. then there's just no one for them to beat. Now, I do think that it's going to be Team Kevin and Sammy versus, like, I- versus uh, Shane O'Mac and maybe another McMahon, maybe Triple H at Survivor Series and their respective teams. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But after that, I- I'll be interested to see where they go. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've determined that Sami Zayn is Kevin Owens' guardian angel. We are in Kevin's heaven, also known as the <laughs> Kevin Owens show. It's like, it, it, it makes sense. It just, it just makes sense. Kevin Owens does all this horrible stuff, ends up becoming the Intercontinental Champion, the, the Universal Champion, the United States Champion, NXT Champion. The NXT know. Champion, yeah. And Sami Zayn's just like, I'm, I'm, I, at least I'm doing the right thing. At least I get to sleep at night, yeah. is what he oh said. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love you so much, Sami Zayn. It's just, oh God, you're such an amazing person. You're such a great heel. They're like, they're not. They may not be friends. They may not. They may. They're not. They're not friends. They're enemies. They're brothers. Yeah. And like, I am so so behind that. And then they hugged. And then my heart was happy. <laughs> and it's just like, yes. You know, Generico and Steen have reunited. You know, they're they're almost they're almost like you know me and you. You know, just the dynamic duo. Oh, like it's the, like you the, can't have them separate. Exactly, like, like no, yeah. they can't have them separate. They're, I don't think they're I, the true I, ringmasters. I feel I feel like you. I don't know exactly if you'll powerbomb me on this table or whatnot, because uh, <laughs> I am absolutely the Sami Zayn. You can be the Kevin. Oh, Owens, I, I, I will Sami gladly Zayn. be the. Ke- listen, I, listen. You know, someone someone's gonna jump off a cell. You better pull me off. Like, oh yeah, and I will a hundred percent be the guy who feels like yes, you've missed treated me i'm going against you it's like and, and i'll and i'll be and i'll be the guy who just gets to wear fight shorts and eats donuts before i fight like i'm totally down for yeah. that for that responsibility yeah real quickly before we get into monday night raw i just want to go through what else was on the smackdown after hell in a cell uh the usos and the new day came out they like the Usos said we respect you every tag team comes out and like and they're like you guys are in the back of the line and stuff like that except for the except for the Brizango because they're like hey hey, hey. like <laughs> Brizango's cool Brizango's cool it's like yeah I like fashion files too which was funny oh yeah um but yeah the so they had the Ascension Brizango Hype Rose Shelton and Gable for the number one contendership it's hard to tell who the legal man was really in it because it was just so hectic mm-hmm. um but yep we Shelton and Gable won then we had a then we had a match between Becky Lynch and Carmella which was kind of just like an eh, it's like an okay match but. It was good to see Becky Lynch get a win, and it's obviously building up Car- the eventual point where Carmella will cash in. Um, we had the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens explain. Orton and Nakamura teamed to face Rusev in English in a very boring, not-needed match, and the, the baby faces ended up going over. We announced that we are going to have Bobby Roode versus, versus uh, Dolph Ziggler next week on Raw. I mean, next week on SmackDown. And then we had the United States Championship rematch where AJ Styles lost clean to Baron Corbin. Um, and the only thing I liked about that was, like, Y'all, like, Corbin's like, y'all can look at this championship and eat it. <laughs> like, there you go, Corbin. Start getting some heel on you. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the SmackDown side. It's it's a crazy time for SmackDown for sure. It's a crazy time for both shows. Raw was a – I felt like Raw was just a just a cluster just mess, a, I mean, but a good one. I feel like – well, I mean, like, you could see how many times they were showing the replays and stuff like that um, about the Shield returning during the Mizzies of Miz TV. Um First of all, I loved it when Roman was like, "Who said anything about rumors?" Yeah, like, that, that was, was a, good. That was a great line. That was good. And um, having them come out, and then all of a sudden, all the Roman Reigns haters are just like, ah, "I have member berries now." <laughs> it's like I remember all of this. I'm such a big Roman Reigns. 
Titans fan. I'm about to buy the new Shield T-shirt. Ah! Which I'm really happy they didn't have them all come out wearing flat jackets. Like I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm glad, I was like, please I, yeah. no SWAT costumes. Yeah, it's like at least they came out with their new. T- well, I love how they changed immediately yeah. as they went out to beat up Braun Strowman. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of weird why they did that though, because now Braun Strowman's in the match at TLC with the Miz and the Bar. <laughs> it's a four it's on a three. It's a four on three handicap match. Like, t- good job, guys. You uh, just made it harder for yourself. A four on three handicap TLC match. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like oh. My That's going to be incredible. I thought, a part of me thought they were going to put Matt Hardy in it to make it a four on four, but that wouldn't make any sense. No, it doesn't really, yeah. Maybe, maybe Unless Jason you called Jordan, them the broken shield. Yeah, maybe Jason Jordan, <laughs> I don't know, to give him something. Um, but then we had, yeah, after the mid, after the shield reunited, we had Jason Jordan facing Carl Anderson. Nothing interesting about this match. I need Jason Jordan to turn heel. This is not working. Like, the fans are not behind him. The gimmick is kind of lame. And it's just like it makes much more sense for him to turn heels. Like, stop focusing on my dad. Yeah, no, I want, I want him to, I want him to lose and then beat up Kurt Angle and give us Angle Jordan at a pay per view. That's what oh, I yeah. want. And then we had Elias um, come out as he normally does. I, I love this. But spot. then Titus O'Neil comes out with a banjo, which was hilarious. I, I love Titus O'Neil. I was, I was, I had a migraine immediately. I was, <laughs> I was like. Uh, cause I, cause I, 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 I identify with Elias Sampson because I also play acoustic guitar and he plays it decently, honestly. Like when you listen to him play, like he, act, he's not a good, he's not a great singer, mm-hmm. but he does play some decent riffs See, at the beginning. And yeah. I identify with Titus O'Neil because I can't play the banjo. Okay. So, so just like he attempted to play the banjo. Well now we, well now we already have, well he wasn't even holding any notes down. He was just strumming the ba- the bass notes of the banjo. I taught him that. Oh yeah, well yeah. Guess what? You suck. Because that's garbage. Titus like, Brand. Who wants to walk with Titus worldwide? And it's just like I oh, loved it. Oh god. See, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I like my wrestling to have storytelling and really stupid comedy. That makes sense. That was hilarious. I liked it. Fashion uh, Files. I love it. Fashion Files. I feel like has a little bit of cleverness in it. There was nothing clever about this. He's just like, I'm playing a, a stringed instrument too, but it's which, a lot more annoying and stupid. Which was funny. I don't know. I like. Then I we had it. Apollo Cruz facing Elias Sampson again. Really nothing much. Elias ends up winning. Um, then we had Enzo Amore coming out to talk to Kurt Angle about, hey, these guys are touching me. They shouldn't be facing me for the title, and they should all be fired. So he said, listen, you're gonna face Kalisto, and Enzo Amore is like, listen, I main evented Raw. Two weeks in a row with the Cruiserweight Championship. I got, I'm got. i only doing this if we main event again for a third week in a row. He's like, okay, but now it's a lumberjack match with all of the Cruiserweights in it. And did you hear the backstage reason as to why that was the main event tonight? Uh, No, actually, I did not. All right, this. well, so I read a story this morning that it was supposed to be Neville versus Enzo in a lumberjack match tonight. But Neville walked out on Monday Night Raw and asked for his release. No way. Yeah. Are you serious? I am being dead serious. Oh, my God. So Neville might not even be with the company anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, like, full-on CM Punk walked out? Yeah, like, he no-showed, like, he he left the arena for oh Raw. Oh, my no, God. No, he just no-sold Raw. And oh then and, a, and apparently asked for his release. So we might not even get Neville anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> which is, on a whole, which is crazy to me. Like, I... I didn't know what to think because at one point I don't I, either. Like that—that's insane. Yeah, like Neville was the face of the cruiserweight division, and then he doesn't—he's no longer the face of the cruiserweight division. So now he leaves. 
Yeah, it's like even though they were planning on giving it, like the oh, I'm like I'm dumb. I, how did I not hear about this? Yeah, I I heard about it. Um, uh, my thing, my Russell Zone thing popped up, and it was also on um Russell Talk. They I saw they it was on it what too. I saw it was on what culture. God, I'm a terrible fan. <laughs> I just don't keep up with anything. <laughs> Oh my God! That's okay. That's why I. That's why I checked the story. I yeah. was like, I'm need to. But yeah. So I mean, Neville might not be here anymore. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I'm really not okay with that. Neville, please, like, come back. Like, we want you here for sure. Like, this is like. Th- I mean, like, it. It makes sense why, like, ne- why it, it. It doesn't really make sense why he would leave if they're planning on booking him to face Enzo. But I guess he's just sick and tired of how the cruiserweights are being handled, even though they're main eventing three weeks in a row on well, Raw. Well, I think he got mad that, you know, he, you know, but when he wasn't in the cruiserweight division, he was wrestling tag matches on the pre-show with no direction. And I think he's like, you know, now that I'm no longer the cruiserweight champion, you know, what's my direction? You know, am I going to be back to pre-show jobbing? Like, what am I doing? And I mean, when you look at the the cruiserweight division, like, there's really nobody there that could that could validate the same thing with like why Austin Aries left there's just not enough star power in the cruiserweights to 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 be like oh you know you're not you're not the cruiserweight champion you're not in the title picture but don't worry you're going to feud with Mustafa Ali or don't worry you're going to feud with Drew Gulak Drew Gulak's a hilarious character and I love his slideshow gimmick but that doesn't really warrant a feud with Neville you know what I mean there's yeah. nobody there's nobody even even with Kalisto and Enzo, there's nobody in the cruiserweight division that I think has a strong reason or a strong could sell me that they could beat Neville. Yeah, and that's I, based on how strong they booked Neville. It's definitely understandable why it's like like where do you go after this if he doesn't end up getting the title back? Like, yeah, where do you go for this? Is he just going to be fighting the no names on the cruiserweight division? Like, is he going to be getting in a feud with Jack Gallagher, which I didn't even realize he turned heel because I don't watch Two Hundred Five Live. I didn't even realize he turned heel. Mm-hmm. So. It's just like, is are we just gonna get that him thrown into the tag team cruiserweight matches when they have nothing? Exactly, to do with and I think Neville's like, I'm above that because he is. Oh, he absolutely, hundred percent, he is. Like yeah. he's just, he's so talented. So I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see him on the independence. <laughs> I'm gonna be the king of the X division. <laughs> oh God, don't go to TNA. TNA does not deserve you. He'll be the king of ROH. Like, I'll be. He'll be the. We're, we're gonna see Will Osprey versus Neville at Wrestle Kingdom, and it's gonna mem- be he'll great. He'll be the new member of Bullet Club. Pac versus Osprey, Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, oh yeah. that's what I want to see. Okay, I mean, I'm 100 percent behind that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, he'll he'll do way better matches for those companies too. But damn. But yeah. Damn. I mean, best wishes to Neville if this is actually it for him. But, yeah. Damn. That's insane. I don't. I can't believe I didn't realize that. Um, but after that, at, getting back on Raw's track, um, we had Braun Strowman facing off against Mar- Matt Hardy. Um, Braun basically carried Matt. Braun beat Matt, carried Matt to the back after afterwards before the Shield ended up stopping them and beating the crap out of Braun Strowman with the with the Shield power bomb. I think they called it the Shield bomb now. Yeah, the, sh- the Shield bomb, which I don't like, know how I feel yeah, about it. I, I prefer just the triple power bomb. It's a yeah. triple power bomb. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, so that. That gave them the reason for Braun Strowman to be in the match, I guess. But then again, it's like, why did you pick on him? I guess just to be the good guys that you are. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because, like, you know, Braun. I, I think it was good storytelling in the fact that Braun beat all three. Of, well, he beat Seth and he beat Dean by themselves in one-on-one matches. Mm-hmm. So, like, you may not, you may be able to beat us one-on-one, but you can't beat us as a unit. And that's what I got from that. 
but at the same time, you kind of got to understand, like, there are going to be repercussions for this. Like, Braun's going to want to kill you after this. Well, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, I don't know what else you could have Braun do. Like, there's nobody else for Braun to work yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, Maybe uh, put yeah. him and Neville together. Yeah, that, that would be an interesting match. I don't know exactly <laughs> how he would feel about that, though. Well, you know, Braun Strowman did beat Kalisto in a uh, dumpster match on Raw, so uh, he that could put him in line for, uh, uh, for a title shot. You're trash. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, at least at least it gives Braun something to do because he's incredible, and yeah. I feel like if he needs to turn babyface kind of soon because he's so over with the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we have Mickey James coming out, um, calling out Alexa Bliss, and like people saying like, "Oh, it's like I don't feel it. I don't feel like I'm welcomed in the women's division now because what is it? Because of my age and stuff like that." So Alexa Bliss comes out looking. Stunning, like may I say, it's like oh, she's so beautiful. She actually is legitimately beautiful. And I have a, I have a friend, uh, I have my cousin who has a friend who, who says he actually went to high school with him, high school with Alexa, which I think is awesome. That's pretty. I don't know, I don't know exactly what the, uh, what the truth is to that because I've never met him. Um, but he says that, so I'm, I'm gonna have to believe him because I like, if I get a chance to meet Alexa that way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but get her get her on Ringmaster's podcast. Yeah, just get 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 a little like get a little plug for that. Um, but Alexa comes out and shows a little like was like the history of Mickey James, which I loved. I loved the whole like oh, black and I, white. I thought that six- was great. I thought that was great. And then she's like, Alexa, I'll get you a I'll get you a link to this. It's like you know what? I'll get you a VHS. <laughs> She's just so. so I love Alexa. Healed. Alexa she's Bliss so is the best woman in that best woman in that company. Totally, totally. Like, it's like she's just so freaking hateable, and, and it's, it's like, oh. And it's awesome because when she debuted with the shakeup or with the draft, when yeah, they when they, de- when they drafted her on SmackDown, I remember thinking like, oh, cool, Alexa Bliss, like whatever. Because she definitely didn't feel feel like she had found her her cinch when she was NXT when she was yeah. managing Blake and Murphy. Yeah. Um. Which, um, I mean, she was doing good stuff for sure. And, like, she definitely showed that she was talented. And, and look at Blake and Murphy now. Like, they're not even, like... Well, honestly, I can't really say anything bad about Murphy because he's dating Alexa. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's won already. Um, <laughs> That's true. So there's no real reason for him to lose. Um, but Mickey ends up attacking Alexa Bliss after the match. And I it, it was determined, I think, they're going to be facing each other at TLC. Yep. Um, and then we had the boring cruiserweight match between Gentleman Jack Gallagher and the Brian Kendrick facing Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. I honestly didn't even write down who won this match. I think, I think Brian Kendrick won. Yeah, I, yeah, it was the heels who won this match. I didn't even write down who won because I was just like, why? First off, I was just like, why is Jack Gallagher heel? I do not understand this. And then... That was when we determined that Miz will, Braun Strowman will join the Miz at, in the bar at TLC. And then we had Sister Abigail is alive. Oh, my God. Can I, can I, can I shoot on this for a minute? Go ahead, brother. All right. I absolutely loved this angle. A lot of people think it's really stupid. A lot of people are like, really? Bray Wyatt is Sister Abigail? Loved it. I think this is the direction, if they do it right, that can put Bray Wyatt to that next level. It reminds me of, and I'm a huge Bates Motel fan, and mm. this is what that reminded me of because Bray Wyatt is like, you know, Bray Wyatt's talking, saying about like, you know, Sister Abigail was like this. To, you've never seen someone like Sister Abigail, you know, and and she's here now, and it gives you this wonderful backstory on, you know, how she was like killed before because she was she was, you know, as as Matt much. Hardy would say, she was too woke. So she was too woke. 
and then she was killed, and then her spirit is now, like, evil, and then, like, it, it shows, like, a cool and graphic of him turning into Sister Abigail, and then it was him, like, his voice changed, and it just reminded me of the scene from Psycho, where you find out Norman Bates is, like, you know what I mean? Is really his mom, like, his mom is, like, inside, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. I love the entire spot. I think it is a great dynamic, and Bray Wyatt, if they do this right, could be great. I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's dumb. His voice is changing. Like, what is this? He needs to win, and he needs to win handedly. He needs to he needs to he needs to squash Finn Balor. Because here's the thing: Finn Balor is so over. Finn Balor being squashed would not harm Finn Balor. Especially if the projection is Finn Balor, Bray, Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. He can take that loss, especially if he won the next night on Raw in a number one contenders match against somebody else. Bray needs that win, and he needs to win handedly. And then he needs to just go on a path and just destroy people. Bray Wyatt, as Sister Abigail, has the potential to put Bray to finally put Bray Wyatt on the Undertaker-Kane status of monster heel. And I loved the segment. Like, just go full Jason Jason Voorhees' mother's angle with exactly. that? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Have him Have him show him, like... Like just in like the like in the court like in a dark room as like Sister Abigail like laughing. Yeah, just, have have him go into matches and have them be three minute squashes of him just destroying people. Yeah, just it's like it is the month of Hallow's Eve, so like it's just <laughs> it's perfect. I think yeah. like for that you just you need that, and I think if he could do that now, it's WWE, so he's probably gonna lose to Finn Balor, but mm-hmm. you know at at TLC, and then he's gonna job. But you know, I I hope I'm hopeful. That they won't. I can tell you right now because I was watching. I was watching Raw at my at my best friend's house with uh, her her roommates, and mm-hmm. they were very confused, um, being outsiders looking in. So, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely weird. It's definitely interesting. Um, I thought they were gonna actually bring someone up and have them be Sister Abigail. So did I. Legi- That's why I was like, person. but having it be like a mother, ha- having it be like a mother complex, being it like. Do this for me, Bray. Yeah. Like, kill him. Yeah. It's like, the only way. Yeah. It's like, I think I think if the, Bray can pull it off, you just need to get behind him. Have the company get behind him. Have him go full Halloween, like, craziness and stuff like that. Bring back Halloween Havoc. Let's do that <laughs> nonsense all over again. I mean, we if are, we're bringing back War Games, we can bring back Halloween and they Havoc. Have, and they're having the Starcade live event. Like, yep. we can bring back Halloween Havoc. Yep. Which, it, which, which, which Cody was not too happy no, about. No, but even if you made it just like a Raw, like, oh, tonight on Raw, we're having Halloween Havoc edition. Like, yeah, like have just, a Halloween yeah, theme. Go ahead. Like, if you... if. It, I don't remember what day Halloween falls on. I'm actually going to check this real quick. It falls on a Tuesday. Smackdown! <laughs> have Bray Wyatt show up for literally no reason because it's Halloween. Have him and the Bludgeon Brothers team up. Oh, but yeah. like, But I just think if you have him squash, like, and have him squash people that, like, like have him squash Jason Jordan. Have him squash, you know, um, the Titus brand. Have him run through Titus brand. Meanwhile, have Matt Hardy become broken Matt Hardy again. And then, boom, your Royal, your WrestleMania feud, because Jeff Hardy's going to miss WrestleMania, you can have oh, broken hurts. Matt versus Sister Abigail Bray. And that that writes itself. The amount of awesome things you could do with that. Just, like, the crazy promos you could put up with that, like, would be amazing. Yeah. I just think, and I hope that's the direction they're going. Because I really do, too. if that's the case... That was awesome too, and Bray Wyatt has the potential. Even though he, when, when when he was getting that with the Randy feud, he was dead on arrival during almost that entire feud, and then he started winning the tag. He won the tag titles with Randy, and he started to become more, you know, 
of a, of a, of a force again. And, and then more when, of a threat. He, when he won the title, Bray Wyatt was over again. He had a "You deserve it" chant, and then he got stalled when he lost to Randy. Yep. And now, and now he's just that awkward heel that you know he's, he's yeah. him and Rusev are on the same level of he's he, back, we yeah, want to root for you, but we know you're going to lose. He's so we back can't. to saying stuff and it just meaning nothing. But then Sister Abigail, like there you go. Yeah. And if you can have, and I think at hell, I think at TLC we're going to get Demon Finn versus Sister Abigail Bray. You need to have Bray Wyatt win. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent on that. I think I think leading up, first of all, it's a shame Jeff's gonna miss WrestleMania because oh god, he's so incredible. Yeah. Um, but broken Matt Hardy against Bray Wyatt and Sister Abigail, I'm a hundred percent down yeah. for that match because that way you have your spooky match like you did at WrestleMania, but it's actually like it's believable because you have two crazy people going at each other, not just one crazy person going after Randy Orton. Yeah, like it makes way more sense. But yeah. Coming down to the end of Raw, we have Bailey versus Sasha Banks versus Dana Brooke versus Emma versus Alicia Fox. Fox. For the right to die against Asuka. <laughs> uh, I thought this was a weird concept. Yeah. You guys are fighting for the right to lose you to are, Asuka. You are digging your own graves right now, guys. Like, Can you, just, like, yeah. If I, I thought it would have been better if at least one of them were like, I'm good, and just left. Yeah. Like that, because that would have sold it more. What they should have done is have Kurt Angle be like, the five of you, whoever wins this match, is gonna like get a Nia great sh- opportunity. Yeah. Like if Nia showed up and was like, um, "I'm, I, I want to be in this match too." It's like you're gonna have a chance to fight to see if you win. You face Oscar at TLC. She'd be like, "Nah." Yeah, or because like even if like if if like if the announcers would have been like, "These five women were called to the uh, the ring by Kurt Angle." You know, apparently Kurt Angle has like uh, something he needs to tell them, and he says like, "The five of you are gonna fight." For the chance to make history, you know, to to you, the winner of this match gets this very special honor, like, and then afterwards the winner cheers and he's like, "You get to face Oscar," and then her be like, and then and then Emma who yeah. won the yeah, match exactly. is just like, "Oh, oh, good, <laughs> go swell." I already died to Oscar once, and then I yeah. was resurrected on Raw. It's like, but now I'm gonna die again. First off, I th- I thought it was cool seeing Alicia Fox eliminate Bailey because that was huge heel heat for her. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great work, and then. After the match was over, it was announced we're gonna have Strowman Reigns um, in a steel cage next week on Raw. So Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman in a steel cage should be a cool match. Um, we've seen Roman and Braun enough, though I feel mm-hmm. like. But you know what? With the Shield being reunited, it should be interesting. And then finally on Raw in the main event for the third week in a row, we had the Cruiserweights Kalisto versus Enzo Amore for the Cruiserweight Championship in a lumberjack match. First off, Champ comes out first, which is nonsense um need to stop doing that and it was con- they ha- they brought back the lucha under they br- brought back the lucha dragons theme for him which i thought was awesome cuz i actually liked that theme but um and then they they said that it was Eddie Guerrero's birthday um it would it would have been Eddie Guerrero's birthday so that's who Kalisto was fighting for which i thought was a great push um even though Cole said Michael Cole said he's my favorite sports entertainer he's a wrestler <laughs> knock it off Cole i want to smack you um, but um, yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a very good match for something that kind of like got thrown together because Neville walked out. Yeah, I think they did a really. I, I like Kalisto. Like I think Kalisto can do some crazy good stuff. Every time people kind of crap on Kalisto, I point to when he was in a ladder match and he did the Salida del Sol off the top of the ladder, which was an incredible spot. Um, there was a superplex into the lumberjacks, which was awesome. There was some. This there were this is awesome chance. Mustafa Ali saves the match for Kalisto by pulling Enzo put by pulling Enzo out of the ring, which I thought was awesome. And then he got smacked. And then 
We had the Salida del Sol from the top rope, which I'm not even going to lie. I marked out for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, whoa, that was awesome. And we have a new cruiserweight champion in Kalisto, which I am okay with. Uh... I'm okay with this, honestly. I feel like this gives a this gives a way for Enzo to full, fully turn heel and then just start lashing out. And like going after Kalisto, I think they can rival for a couple for a couple months with that. If it's not, if it if it ends to Kalisto doing something with the belt, I'm for it. If it's just Kalisto winning the belt just to have it for a week or even at TLC and have Enzo beat him, then what was the point? Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. It's just like you you've already pushed the cruiserweights hardcore recently with having the main event three times in a row, which is huge for them because this would never happen for them. Um, but now, especially with Neville being gone, you got to make sure you you got to make sure you freaking push through this. Like you need to make sure that you come through with this rivalry and give us good matches and make have it make sense and not just like immediately 50-50 booking, give it back mm-hmm. to Enzo cuz that's not what we need to do here. Um and if you can find a good opponent to go up against Kalisto, um like like that can do a good storyline and stuff like that, then I'm behind it. But like just make sure cuz like this is you're getting into tricky territory right now because you're you you have the potential for the cruiserweights to once again fall off again like they did back when TJP was your babyface champion. Yeah. So just make sure you know what you're doing with these guys, and I feel like you'll be fine because I think they can. I they've shown they can do good stuff with the cruiserweights because the last three weeks with the main event being the cruiserweights, all three of them have been awesome yeah. in my opinion. So I think they can do this because I just hope I just hope they can because like I'm hopeful the chance the chance is there and yeah. the opportunities are there for them to make good stuff out of this. Yeah. They just need to make sure they pull through. Right, and I'm hoping I'm hopeful. I I'm more hopeful in Enzo Amore than Kalisto at this present second. But Kalisto, by all means, proved me wrong. But I think it's gonna finally let like you said Enzo just unleash. Mm-hmm. But yeah, guys, that was uh, TLC Raw and SmackDown. Hell in a cell. Oh, Hell so, in a cell. sorry. What kind of fa- what kind you? of fan am I? Now it turns out you're leaving the podcast. <laughs> oh no! All right. Well, this was the last episode that I will be on. Um, yep. Bye bye. Tune in next week to find out who uh, the new co-host is. It's um, gonna be a solo podcast. I'm gonna be running it all along and then just shouting at Grant when I'm upset. <laughs> Should be a great time. Oh, absolutely. It's been one yeah. hell of a week in terms of WWE. Um, coming up next week, we got Raw and SmackDown. We have two weeks until the TLC pay-per-view. And then maybe even next week, we can start getting to your territory talking about Ring of Honor in New Japan. Yeah, we're, we're... I'm not, I'm not, I don't keep up with that as much as I should. But you, on the other hand, are huge into that. So we can definitely see if that's what's going on in that neck of the woods. For sure. Um, all right, guys, uh, we're wrapping it up today. That was Ringmasters Episode 2. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>